Welcome one, welcome all to the finest podcast in Payne County. Hey, hey. This is Pastors of Payne. I'm Father James Porter, and this is uh, and joining Fa- me. I'm Father Robert Healy. And uh, normally what happens is that Father Brian O'Brien and Father Kerry Akulich, the Pastors of Payne, are on the show talking about stuff about the church, St. John's and uh, St. Francis. But... A today, coup has occurred. Today we're taking over. Today the Associate Pastors of Pain are in the pastors. house. <laughs> yes. So. Yeah. And uh, so what we thought, and this actually, this idea came um, oh, when I, Father Healy and I first got here back in July. Maybe. Yes. It, I think it was about a year ago, almost. Yeah. And we thought, wouldn't it be cool if the Associate Pastors had a podcast where we would just talk about Pretty much the same things that Father Kerry and Father Brian would talk about. But better. Yes. <laughs> because, <laughs> just because. Fresh as perspective. Pastors of pain, we have not only perspective of pain, we also have a perspective of the pastors of pain. Exactly. And, um, you know, and both of us have been at previous parishes. That's correct. Right. Uh, where were you, Father Healy? I was at St. Anne's in Broken Arrow before coming out to Stillwater. Mm-hmm. And I was just maybe, I don't know, four miles as a crow flies, or as... As what, whatever bird flies, flies. yeah, uh, um, for me. And uh, I was at St. Benedict's in Broken Arrow for three years, and then uh, moved here to St. John's to become Father Carey's associate, and you, of course, moved to St. Francis at the same time. Right. So the Stillwater associates were previously the Broken Arrow associates, but... Here we are. Here we are. And as Father Kerry would say, we just keep the hits rolling. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, and so you're coming up on your, uh, how many years of ordination? I'm coming up on third, my third anniversary as a priest. Yeah. I was ordained a, a priest a year after Father Porter. That's right. And uh, coming up on four. And, and uh, yeah, and so what we thought we would do is just talk about the life of an associate pastor. First off, what is an associate pastor? Because not every parish in the Diocese of Tulsa, most parishes in the United States probably don't have an associate pastor, mm-hmm. right? And most parishes, you know, you may have one priest that's there for all of these different people. And uh, Maybe I think... Maybe even more than one church, more than one parish. A lot of priests in our diocese have... have a couple parishes that they're ministering to, maybe two or three or even four. And so to be, it's kind of a special thing and a very uh, great blessing for a parish to be able to have an associate pastor because it means that a parish has two priests serving there. Exactly. Double the fun. And, uh, but also, like, as you mentioned, uh, it's quite a blessing because we're able to do a lot more in terms of the ministry uh, and that the mission of the evangelization of the people, the growth uh, in the surrounding areas can, you know, you can double, you know, it's kind of like double the amount of confessions, of masses, um, sacramental responsibilities. But at the core, what would you say with all of that, right? All of the, like the external responsibilities of the sacramental duties, the, the, um, you know, the administrative stuff, what would you say, Father Healy, would be like the core difference between a pastor and an associate? Well, I think the best way to answer that is to look at a canonical term, which isn't something we use all the time, 
typically we refer to so us. So canonical term being canonical, like canon law, right? The canon, law of the church. Law. Exactly. So this is a, a term that the church uses in her law to describe various different things and explain what they are. And the term canon law uses for an associate pastor in the Catholic church is a parochial vicar, which feel, it sounds really cool. It sounds like something coming out of, I don't know, like Downton Abbey or something right. like it's that. Something in England, or it's, it's got a kind of a posh sound to it. I don't know. But a parochial it, it, vicar. It actually has kind of a specific meaning. Vicar, uh, a vicar is somebody who carries the authority of another person. So when we talk about the Pope being the vicar of Christ, we're saying he's not just his own king, the king of the church who gets to decide everything. Christ is the king of the church, and the Pope is his vicar, meaning the Pope is his his steward. His, uh, you know, if you've ever seen the Lord of the Rings, right? You and I know the Lord of the Rings pretty well. Yeah, we're, we're nerds, by the way. We've in talked case about <laughs> it before. But anybody who knows the Lord of the Rings knows Denethor is the steward of Gondor. He carries the king's authority when the king isn't there. And that's kind of, in the context of the story of the Lord of the Rings, kind of a main plot point is the fact that here you have the steward of Gondor, but there hasn't been a king in forever. And the steward really likes having the kingly power because he's literally vested with the kingly power. So uh, he doesn't, in the context of the Lord of the Rings, the, the steward of Gondor is really not happy with the idea of the king coming back and taking his own authority because then as the steward, he's have to play second fiddle. But this reality of somebody holding somebody else's authority is what the church refers to as a vicar. And so the vicar of Christ is the Pope and, and the bishops have episcopal vicars, my pastor and, and, Regular Mine. host of of the of the of the show, right? Father Brian O'Brien is the vicar forain, meaning he's he's got a particular position of carrying the bishop's authority in certain ways in certain places here in this vicariate, which goes from basically the west side of Tulsa out here all the way to the edge of the diocese. So, a parochial vicar is a priest who's not just another priest in the parish who's just kind of doing his priestly stuff alongside another priest, but he's a priest who carries the authority of the pastor, not as his own, but as a steward, as someone who's working with the pastor. And I think it brings out a dynamic of, in the relationship between the pastor and his associate that I think is very beautiful, because we're here, we're, we're not just, even on this podcast, right, we're carrying the authority, we're, we're doing what our pastors do on their behalf. Which is why I can be so crazy and brilliant at the same time exactly because i carry the authority of father carry he's channeling uh, father carry right now oh Can you tell oh, us oh yes uh, <laughs> with all of the shenanigans but the beautiful thing too is that like you said you know we're not just kind of off by ourselves doing our own separate thing right we're assigned by the bishop uh you know so we're priests and we're assigned by the bishop to be here to assist the pastors in the carrying out of the mission here in Payne County. And so, you know... Uh, and that's very beautiful because we get to share in a lot of things. Uh, we get to see perspectives and see things that are going on that most people in the parish don't see because a pastor can't just be talking about this or that with anybody. He has to... But he, he has to share certain things with his associate because we have to know how to join in his mission. I'm not just off on my own... Thing. You're not just not doing it off. You're doing your own thing. We have to be cooperative, and so right. And for me, I think one of the beautiful things about being Father Carey's associate 
especially this past year with the, all the building projects. In case you don't know at home, uh, we just we built this beautiful $27.5 million church and student center, uh, beautiful church. And uh, so getting to see how Father Carey uh, handles all of the decision-making in that and helping him in the day-to-day uh, by being out on campus because we have a campus ministry uh, has been very beautiful because when I arrived here, I asked Father Carey, as you probably asked Father Brian and every mm-hmm. parochial vicar or associate pastor asks, what am I supposed to do? What do you want me to do? <laughs> yeah. And uh, what Father Carey told me was, go be with the students. I'm going to handle the administrative part. I'm going to handle, you know, getting the things built, literally. I need you to be with the students to evangelize, to be out on campus. And so I was out two or three days a week on campus, spiritual direction, confession, all of that. But all that flows from me talking with my pastor, communicating that, and him saying, this is what I need for the gospel to be proclaimed in Oklahoma State. Right. And... Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it's exactly the same sort of thing on my, on my side. I, I'm obviously not working with the college students the way Father Carey and Father Porter are. I'm doing in the parochial life of, of St. Francis Xavier, but it's the same sort of thing. Um, I'm, I have my own missions. I've got my own things to do, Father O'Brien's saying. You know, go at it. You, you know, take, you know, whatever. Look, I, I, the way he phrased it, I'm trying to think, it was, uh, we're going to play up your strengths. We're going to, you know, we got to, you got things that you bring. You've got gifts. You've got talents. You've got strengths to bring to this mission, and we want to use those. And then he said, but we also want to fill in any gaps. Um, you're here in training. Right? There's a definite sense, especially in our diocese, where you know we need pastors. The bishop needs pastors. Um, and so being an associate is a time of training and a time of preparation for being made a pastor somewhere, being given that authority. And so while we're doing our own thing in some sense and using our own, playing up our own strengths, but we're also, we're also learning. Uh, I would say that in your case here, now you've just, it's been announced, of course, months ago, and you're getting ready at the end of this month to take over the reins uh, at TU um, as the college chaplain at TU. What do you think about, I mean, like, how do you see that your role as the assistant chaplain at Oklahoma State is set you up, is preparing you for for being a full chaplain on your own in your own right. Right. Well, it's kind of interesting because um, uh, I'm, as Father Healy mentioned, I'm being moved to the uh, Newman Center at the University of Tulsa, which is a canonically established parish. So what that means is, is that I'll be a pastor of a parish, and it's you know kind of fun to think about, and you know there's. You know, I think my time here at St. John has helped me. My time at St. Benedict's has helped me because I, mm-hmm. uh, you know, for three years at St. Benedict's, I was helping, uh, you know, advise Father Brian Brooks, the pastor there, about, like, you know, things that were going on in the parish. Uh, COVID happened. All of that sort of thing that really helped shape a culture of a parish. And then I come here, and with Father Carey, I learned a lot about like what campus ministry involves and all the hard work that goes into it. And so when I go to St. Philip's, I'll be taking both of all of that experience together and really looking at 
what does the Lord want St. Philip's to look like? And it has to be the Lord. It can't be my own like ambition to say, like, I'm going to be the best pastor ever, supplant all y'all, and just, like, you know, said no saint in heaven ever. No saint ever, because obviously there have been priests before you in this role, and there will be priests after you. And so what you're trying to do is build on the graces and the gifts that have come before e you. And e exactly. And so to uh, put the shoe on the other foot, proverbially, uh, um, You've been here for almost a year. I've been yeah. since July. Since last July, obviously, we both came out of store at the same time. Yeah. So, what do you think has been like some of the greatest blessings in this past year for you? Well, um, my previous assignment. So, I was at for the last the two years prior to this year, I was at Saint Anne's. I was assigned as the associate pastor in Saint Anne's in Broken Arrow, and I was working with Father Matt Gerlock. And then the second, in the second year of those two years, I was also doing parochial ministry, um, um, pastoral ministry, and, and saying mass and such at Holy Cross out in Wagner. And those, those experiences were very formative because you know, Father, Father Matt said, I want to just kind of let you discover the gifts that you have, the, the strengths that you have, really bring those to the table and... and so he gave me a lot of leeway and a lot of time and ability to uh, to grow as the priest that I am to step into the priesthood and get my my sea legs under me because I would say you'd probably agree there's a sense of when you become when you're ordained that it's like you get on board board a ship and everything's rocking and and you have to kind of figure out how to how to do it how to be a priest and um, yeah it's it's one of those unique things because when everyone i think the perception is is that when you're ordained a priest you know and and uh father brian and father Kerry mentioned this a number of weeks back with uh just like that priestly burnout was real uh segment about like how a priest has to be a small business owner has to like you know be pastoral ministry have all these different like hats to wear and the seminary only has so much time to teach you in that. I mean, you you know, the same with like a job, you know, like no one expects, you know, every aspect of every job to ever that's ever going you're learned. ever going to have to be learned in a four-year or five-year program. Right. And there are certain things you can't learn until you get into it. Yeah. If you, you're a doctor, you can go to school, you can study in a classroom, you can study various different things, but there's an art to it as well. In you got to start cutting things open to start, actually get <laughs> Well, actually, di diagnosing actual patients. Yeah. You know? Well, even uh, pa you know, doctors have uh, residency. So you know, they have a type of associate exactly. pastorship, if you will, and where they get to learn and, from experienced doctors and, and nurses and how to do all that. So it, I would say that even just hearing confessions is something you can prepare for. You can have a class. We had a class in our seminary. We went to the same seminary. Yes. <laughs> Father, Father Keller taught us our, our confession class, and you know, he provides sample situations and asks us, what, how do you respond? You know, various different things. But it's a totally, totally different thing to be sitting in the confessional and have someone on their knees on the other side of the screen or sitting in the chair in front of you who is pouring their heart out before God. It's, an, it's a deeply humbling and a, an enormously gratifying and beautiful thing to experience and to be part of. And nothing can prepare you for that. And so I was, I was 
you know, you just have to go into it and say, wow, God, what you are doing this and it is amazing. And so that it takes some time to just get used to that and to figure out how the run of parish life works and, and going through the, through the course of the year and, oh, wow, it's already Christmas and, oh, wow, it's already Lent and, <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, and you know, um, something that you said struck me. It's just like it takes time to actually do that. And so Bishop isn't going to ordain a man and then just plop him right into a parish as a pastor. I, I mean, you know, no one, you know, after going through medical school or whatnot uh, or, um, you know, going through a police academy, you know, like there, there's an apprenticeship that happens in every major professional field uh, that I know of, and I'm sure there's some exceptions, but there, you know, you have to have that time. And so I think with, you know, uh, Father Brian and Father Carey, you know, all four of us have very, like, different approaches to parish ministry. Right. And, uh, and they And that's healthy. And it's healthy. We all have particular things we're focused on, particular things that the Lord is placing on our hearts and our prayer and our, uh, our homilies are going to be different. This Sunday, all four of us will be preaching a homily. Uh, well, except Father Carey. He's on sabbatical. He'll be preaching a homily somewhere. Perhaps. <laughs> to himself. <laughs> yes. He's got all sorts of great things to say. Yes. Somebody's got to hear it. <laughs> Someone's got to hear it. And Father Carey <laughs> wants to say it. Um, yeah. So like, I guess my question f for you, Father Healy, would be, you know, you've had two pastors, you know, and like with Father uh, Matt and Father Brian. Um, what are maybe like one or two things that you've learned from them that you're like, I want to do this when I'm a priest? Well, or, sorry, the, when you are a priest. Sorry. Uh, when, when you're a pastor. <laughs> a priest. So One day when I'm a priest. Oh, I am a priest. <laughs> I am a priest. I would say with Father Matt, um, one of the things that I really admired about him uh, is his ability, his knowledge of the people of the parish, the way that he um, is very intentional about it, getting to know them. And so, um, you know, in the, in the evening, he would be booked up for evenings quite a ways out um, just because he's spinning... He's making sure he's spending the time with people, um, very personable, and and um, also the the sort of intensity with which he goes about um, preparing people for marriage or going into working with, through annulments with people, uh, the way that he went to would would go visit people in the hospital or in the nursing homes, and um, I remember one um, one Christmas Eve that he made a point to go to various different home, uh, homebound people in order to, to make sure they got Holy Communion from him, an opportunity to, if they wanted to go to confession or be anointed, anything they need. Um, and that was very beautiful and very uh, inspiring. So I, I, when I'm a priest... <laughs> which you are. Which I am. <laughs> when I'm a pastor someday, I, I want to have that kind of intense, this sort of focus in taking care of my people and getting to know them and not just... Um, you know, not being just somebody who comes in and says mass or walks into the confessional, hears confessions, or and pushes papers around and sends emails, but who's very intentional about knowing people. Um, and Father O'Brien, I would say, very much the same sorts of things. He I, he is great at communicating, even over the top sometimes. <laughs> I think, but but um, that that communication is key. It's very important to helping everyone be working together and, and uh, building a teamwork 
in the staff so that, that every member of the staff understands that what they're doing is in being done in tandem and is being done as a team. And, uh, and so I think uh, one of the you know, steep climbs that I've had in coming into St. Francis Xavier is simply been the fact that Father O'Brien says, like, this is getting you ready for a time you're going to be a pastor. So you're going to be involved in everything. You're going to make sure you're at all these various different meetings. Um, you're going to make sure that you are um, that you are communicating stuff that you are learning to to get out in front of things and and tell people what's coming down the pipe and uh, how to be ready for it. And he does that very well. He's very con conscious of getting the word out and getting helping saying look if if we're going to bless salt and water like what why are we doing that why are we blessing that what do you do with the blessed salt what do you do with the blessed water and those sorts of things and so i've been learning a lot from him in that capacity um kind of as you've been learning how to how to do a, a building ca campaign and how to go through the dedication and keep the the contractors and the workers and everything honest and and stay on top of. Yes, that is something that Father Carey, I've learned very much from him, is his diligence. Uh, and, and it's almost to a fault. It's like, you know, he'll send out like 20 emails a day about like these like things that he noticed in the students are like, there's a ding here or there's a, a chip here. And, and you're just like, is that really important? You know, to <laughs> and but the answer is yes, because, you know, it's the people of God have paid money for it. And so they need to, you know, it needs to be of excellent quality. And that's something that Father Carey does well. As he, In fact, um, a couple of weeks ago, we had a staff retreat. And my staff members, uh, along with myself, uh, even though I'm leaving in, at the end of the month, uh, but our, our staff members, you know, we were looking at what can we do excellent? What is like the thing of great excellence. And so Father Carey takes that into everything that he does. The downside of that is also like he notices these little things and just kind of like hones in. But it's also like right. sometimes it's hard to get him on track. And because Father Carey is, as I say to the students, is biochemically fueled. Right? <laughs> I mean, like you just like God doesn't just make men like that every day. He is just like, you know, uh, just like a... Uh, I don't know, like a, a, a war machine, just like a Sherman tank that just blazes along the path. But, you know, it's, it's hard to get focused sometimes. And, but like the students, though, there's not a doubt in my mind mm -hmm. that he loves the students, prays and fasts for them. And like when any student needs something, he is able to drop everything and like hone in exactly as to what the student needs. And that's a type of fatherhood that you just, that comes from God. You just don't create that. Right. It has to be, it, there's a grace as the pastor to be, to know certain things and to be able to make decisions and, and trust that God is guiding you. Even you make, make mistakes, right? You, yeah. You do things that you shouldn't do. It's not to say that every priest is infallible or can't, can't do anything wrong. Of course they can. Of course we can. But I think one of the beautiful things about being in this assignment, living four priests in one house and having to get through the like all the <laughs> you know all, all the different frictions of four people and plus a seminarian because we've had a seminarian through this last year and we're going to have we have two this summer two this summer 
<laughs> there's a lot of friction that comes with who left their such and such l sitting here for the last three days? You know, I'm moving it. Why are you moving my stuff? <laughs> yeah. There's there's a, a great book out there. I think it's called Who Moved My Cheese? <laughs> and, yes. and it's that same sort of notion of like control and and just like, you know, in there. And, and that's but that friction comes from the different personalities. And God made these personalities to be different because the people of God need a variety of of priests serving them, each with their own gifts, each with their own particular blessings to be able to um, to be present this to the church and say, you need to know, you have need to have a deeper devotion, or you need to be, um, you know, more intentional about communication, or you need to be more present to uh, to our Lord in prayer, or you need, you know, whatever right. it is that the priest is is coming to, and that's partially his own quirks and partially his own right idiosyncrasies, but it's also the way that God, like when God sends him to his assignment through the bishop. Yeah, and, 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 it's, and <clears throat> it's something that, you know, like you said, like each priest's personality, each priest's gifts and whatnot are, are there. And so kind of circling back a little bit uh, from our pastors, um, you know, to, you know, you and me, um, you know, um, you and I have very different schedules. Uh, right. Because you work in a in a parish and things generally wrap up about eight nine o'clock somewhere around there. Yeah, it depends on the day. Right. But they're gonna we ha we have an evening mass and then most people in that we're serving here at St. Francis Xavier want to go home and have dinner and and spend the evening with their kids or and families and then call it a night. Right. Um, so and we don't have the whole. Right. <laughs> schedule you have in the in the middle of the night. It's like it's ten o'clock. The night is young. That's right. Let's go to the bars. <laughs> and, 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 Why? And, yeah, <laughs> yes. <laughs> and to which I say, okay, and because you know, as a college, uh, you know, associate pastor and and uh, chap, you know, chaplain, uh, you know, my duty is to the college students. And so when the college students at ten o'clock at night are hanging out playing board games at St. John. And asking, like, so, yeah, I was reading in John 6, and I'm just like, all right, let's go, right? Because, <laughs> you know, uh, that, or like, at, you know, I've gotten texts at 12, 1 o'clock in the morning from students who are like, Father, I really need to talk with you. I really need to, and, and I tell the students, oh, and so does Father Carey, you know, call me anytime. If you call me at 1 or 2 o'clock, you get what you get. <laughs> but but we're always happy to to you know take the students uh calls. I know you and Father Brian are too. So, you know, our schedules are so different. And so you things know, that would be reasonable for me to do might make you an old fuddy duddy. Yeah. <laughs> in your in your assignment just because like we're not we're not priests for ourselves. Right. This isn't about us. It's about the people that the flock that we're called to serve and some of some priests are given a flock of very calm sheep, and some people are given a flock of very vigorous and excited and ready to go sheep. And sometimes you have to tone things down, and sometimes you have to rev things up. And but it's always it's always um, based on the Holy Spirit and what He wants to do. And right. yeah, and so like, as we're coming to the end of this, you know, going ahead into your next year. And perhaps in like 30 seconds, what's like the one thing that
that you love about being an associate pastor? The thing I love about being an associate pastor is the fact that I get to pour myself out every day uh, for the people that I'm here to serve and to learn and not to be the decision maker, not to be the, there's something nice about not having to make the decisions because you can learn from somebody else. Um, when, you're, when you're in the position of having to make the decisions, there's only so much, okay, what do you think? Okay, what do you think? What do you, what do you think? That you can do because eventually, as a leader, you just have to you have to make the decision, right? Um, and so, as the associate, I can see decisions that I like. I can see decisions that I don't like. And either way, I can say, "Okay, God, you're you're behind this. Teach me what I need to learn." So, I think that's the thing I'm most excited about for this upcoming year. Um, in in my own continuing to be a, an associate pastor, and in your preparation for being. A pastor now, starting July first. Yep, um, the Portarian regime uh, will will start, and uh, I'm looking forward to being a pastor. Looking forward to making those decisions and trying to help the people of God grow. So, and so now, of course, we come to the uh, the end of our time, Father Healy. It's always a pleasure, and I will miss our time together. And uh, people of Payne County, keep praying for us, and God bless you. Absolutely. Thank you so much for listening. We've been so glad to have you join us for the Associate Pastors of Pain, the exclusive edition. <laughs> and Please uh, listen to our pastors as the time comes on. <laughs>